In part 1 of this four-part series, I gave you the first puzzle piece to the new golden age of gaming. 90s mod culture, a blissful time where hobby developers created the majority of new experiences, birthed some true gems, Counter-Strike, Team Fortress, Dota, and more. I showed you how the modder ethos was going to help usher in the new gaming era, and now it's time for the second piece. In part 2, we're staying in the 90s a little while longer. We picked up the geeks. Let's go pick up the warriors. If you're watching this, and you live in the West, you're probably too young to have set foot in a 90s arcade. You probably have some idea of what they were, a room lined with gaming cabinets along the walls and in rows in between, and a man would walk around wearing a fanny pack full of money. You'd go up to him, exchange your bills for quarters, and start playing. Simple. What arcades felt like though was a lot different. A dimly lit maze of portals to different universes waiting for you to accept. You could get lost for hours. Total sensory deprivation of lights and sounds akin to amusement parks and casinos. Tekken, Crazy Taxi, Marvel vs. Capcom, Dungeons & Dragons, it was all there. But some of the most intense moments didn't come from the games. It came from the people playing them. People cheering and arguing. Competing in unofficial, unregulated, and underground competitions to find the top dog. And that fighting spirit is making a return. The arcade tournament culture of competition and gambling will be inevitable in the future. How do I know? Watch on. As long as we've been alive, if item A existed, somebody, somewhere offered item B, a counterfeit or carbon copy of item A. Think to yourself, moonshine, streetwalkers, and Gucci bags. For every yang, there's a yin. Esports is on the rise. It's expected to reach 3600 million by 2027. In layman's terms, you've seen it with your own eyes. Call of Duty, Street Fighter, Rainbow Six Siege, League of Legends. Esports has brought about the age of the Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube streamers, complete with subscriptions, sponsorships, and convention signings. That's the Yang. Sure Esports is the lion of the jungle, but not everyone can compete at that level or even wants to indulge in that vibe. You can see it now in the beef between Capcom and the competitive Street Fighter community. Capcom set out to add even more restrictions on the scale and scope of branding, pools and prizes, and decorum for unofficial Street Fighter tournaments. The competitive Street Fighter community fought back and won. For now. But like any corporation, when there's a ton of money to be made, the trend inches toward complete control. But that doesn't matter, because the vast majority of future gaming tournaments will happen, under the table, in the black market. Just like the good old days of the arcade, niches will have their own rock stars, merchandise, and fans. That's the yin. Tournament-minded gamers of the future aren't going to tolerate corporate bullying. Not when these three new innovative technologies I'm about to get into, have infected everything around the world over the last three years. Do me a favor and hit the like button, because we're about to talk about some borderline illegal shit. Bragging rights is great and all. But what's a tournament without the risk of losing, and winning, some money? And the money of the future is crypto-based. Cryptocurrency is built on technology specifically designed to lessen centralization and control. And in underground gaming and gambling tournaments, untraceable cash is king. Cryptocurrency is going to be the default, cash, prize in future games tournaments for four reasons. 1. Inclusive. Anyone can create a cryptocurrency for their community's use. 2. Peer-to-peer. -peer. Transactions don't need middlemen, banks, governments, etc. 3. Anonymous. Crypto transactions don't require an official ID to create and use. 4. Fungible. Cryptocurrencies can be swapped for dollars, pesos, and other digital currencies. All of the above, though, assumes tournament organizers are creating custom cryptocurrencies, tokens, in the first place. They could just use Bitcoin. Be honest for a second, if you've ever been waiting in line to get into a club, or Best Buy, and you had a friend wave you in, how did it make you feel? 
I bet real good. There's an alert to exclusivity. What about an underground tournament where only a handful of competitors will face off to see who reigns supreme? But to get in you need a secret handshake, a special tattoo, a code word, or an NFT, non-fungible token. Hold up, I know. NFT in the current gaming zeitgeist is synonymous with microtransactions, EA, and horse armor. But NFT at its most fundamental level is just a technology that creates a unique stamp on the blockchain. And if you have that stamp in your crypto wallet, you own it. There are two ways NFTs are going to fit into the future unofficial tourney landscape. Firstly, and most hated but not going away, is the NFT to asset connection. NFTs are infamously known for being pictures of apes. While true, they can be tied to any asset, pictures, music, video, clothing, cars, houses. And just like anyone can steal your Jordans, anyone can steal your JPEGs. Arcade-like tournaments in the future will have brand-specific digital trinkets and charms to help fuel their prize pools and niche economies. Secondly, and the one that makes the most sense, is the subscription model. Right now, NFTs are being used as tokens to say, I'm in the club. Board Breakfast Club is the world's first NFT coffee subscription service, they deliver real-world coffee shipments and exclusive digital experiences to members. In the future, arcade-style tournaments will attract competitors and spectators using NFTs that provide exclusive access to special tournaments, Discord servers, and other goodies. The two technologies I discussed above, cryptocurrency and NFT, are components of a much larger, technological, economic, and societal shift. Time for an oversimplification, ready? Follow this logic. Successful societies are defined by their economies, transactions of goods and services between people. And Web3 protocols, technologies, and instruments can create an economy, out of the box, with currencies, goods and services, and the means to swap one for the other. Therefore, Web3 is capable of creating societies, out of the box. Digital societies we call, metaverses. In real life, speakeasy-like tournaments are simply micro-societies, people, currency, gaming, gambling, merchandise, and transactions. And the future tourneys are going to be organized, managed, and held in metaverses all across the web. Serious net runner, jack into the system, fuck the corpos, vibes. That means the lights and sounds of brick and mortar arcades in malls where gamers went to check out of reality and plug into hyper cool realms of swords, fireballs, and competition, are migrating over to hundreds, maybe thousands, of digital dens. More neon, more 3D, more immersive escapes into back alley doorways leading to kumate-like, illegal, matches of, violence, speed, and momentum. What a time to be alive, and it's all on the horizon. Just like piracy, when you mix anonymity with the proper tools and an anti-authority bent, you get, the underground. Just ask Guns, Drugs, and Napster. And since arcades have always been about escape for geeks and gamers, what better place to go than a fully realized hypersonic digital society called the Metaverse? In the coming golden age of gaming, unofficial, and unregulated gaming tournaments won't be stopped. Stay tuned for the video where we move out of the 90s and take a look at how technology and our social lives have become so intertwined our heads might explode from the stimulation. Make sure to smash the like button and subscribe so you don't miss the drop. And as always, stay cool, gentlemen.